If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Season two of Darkness is a six episode podcast examining a series of package bombs that exploded at homes throughout the Austin, Texas area in 2018. The bombs killed three people and injured six more over a period of nearly 20 days, causing fear to envelop the city during Austin's biggest festival. Hosted by Ashley Miznazi and produced by the Drag Audio Production House, you'll hear emotional stories of resilience from the survivors of these crimes, accounts of pain and recovery from the victims' loved ones, and the questions they still have three years later. The podcast takes a closer look at the efforts of law enforcement officials who work to stop the bloodshed, with interviews with the lead investigators for the FBI, ATF, and Austin police. You'll also hear about how the bombings exposed Austin's racial wounds as members of Austin's black community felt they were being targeted by the bomber and ignored by investigators. Listen to season two of Darkness on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, listeners. This is Ben because Amber is sitting on the couch, relaxing, being pregnant, waiting for this baby to pop out, to slide out. All right, what do we got? So we are here only because of you listeners. With Thank you so much and special shout out to uh, three new patrons who joined on Patreon, which you can find in the show notes, uh, Ainsley, Darlene, and Pat Mack. RN. Thank you so much for your support. And if you are unable to support us financially, you can always write us a podcast review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That is an amazing way for other people to discover our show. And Pat Mack also gave us a amazing review. So I'm going to go ahead and read that here. Uh, the title of this is Feels Like Home. Is it weird to say this podcast feels like home? LOL, I only say that because the conversation that Amber and Ben have always come off as if you're sitting and listening to two friends nerd out with you. I came to the sci-fi side via Amber and her TikTok and IG Friday plant singing videos. I enjoy you both so much. I'm a very proud and loud blurred, and I love how Amber and Ben both embody how existing in the nerd space of sci-fi slash fantasy space doesn't look one way. Being a black man, I feel the way I exist in these worlds is rarely discussed, so thank you both, particularly Amber, for showing that black folk can exist as our authentic selves in these spaces. I've enjoyed your talks, particularly your episodes around Lovecraft Country a while back. I'm a registered nurse and graduate student, and I listen to your podcast on my way into clinic most mornings and allows me to start my day off in a fun and light way. Keep up the great work, you two, and congrats and Beth's wishes on the baby. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Pat Mac. And finally, for our patrons, we always give a book giveaway. So for the May book giveaway, we're going to be giving the comic book hard ears which we discuss in episode 61 so thank you so much uh for listening and now let's get started with the show welcome to the sci-fi side under the believe podcast network a podcast about black science fiction and fantasy and staying on the same page of our marriage today for episode 80 we'll be interviewing the phenomenal daniel pinnock about her role on the tv show ghosts available to stream now on paramount plus Danielle, how are you? It's great to see y'all. It's so good to see you. You are glowing. Uh, <laughs> you too, so. beauty. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm 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 just very impressed because you look incredible. 
<laughs> Are you kidding? I'm not showered if that makes you any happier. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it does. Listen. I love Zoom. Zoom is a magical place. Um, obviously I'm gonna intro you and everything, but like the world of self-tapes and and Zoom meetings, I I, I don't hate it. I don't hate a 15-minute Zoom. I'm right there with you. Listen. I'm right there with you. As a, as a teacher, though, like having eighth graders on Zoom, I'd rather pluck my eyes out and, <laughs> and or I don't know, have my fingernail re removed. Right, we've been learning about yeah. torture in my eighth grade civics okay. class. So I, I, what else? I love that you're Gator. like, we've been learning about torture. You've been teaching. Torture. I've been teaching torture right. to my eighth grade students, but okay. I would rather have that happen instead of a Zoom meeting. Um, but with you, any day. Any right. day. I've been like a meeting a celebrity. We are. We are. Danielle, I just want to thank you for um, setting aside some time to do this because yeah. I'm sure like everybody wants to talk to you all the time. Um, I'm, I'm still, uh, you know, you're your podcast with Nicole Byer just dropped and I just, I've already listened to it twice. I'm so grateful that you're joining us this morning and your plants look incredible. So I'm just going to intro you and then we're going to just like talk shit for the hour and just I'm talk ready. about how incredible but, you but are. But also like celebration because we, we like ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we love ghosts. <laughs> we are gonna, you know, have some fun. So here's your intro and and let me know if you want me to add more accolades because I can I can always fix we can we can fix the editing now. Okay. So here's quick. I was initially introduced to Danielle as one half of the internet duo hashtag books. You've seen this bubbly black girl on Young Sheldon. This is us, Black Lady Sketch Show. And now she's serving supernatural realness with CBS's comedy sitcom Ghosts. It is my biggest achievement in life. Yes, I'm including my wedding. Yes, I'm including getting pregnant. To introduce you, Danielle Pinnock, to the Sci-Fi Side podcast. Welcome uh, to the show. I'm dead. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you have those days where people are like, what's the, what's the greatest day of your life? And you're like, I want to say my wedding. But when I got this role, that felt a little bit better. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you that no shade to our wedding, which I loved, but going to wine country and having lots of wine and pretending to be bougie for a week was like the best time of my life. <laughs> listen, listen, it has nothing to do with Jack, nothing to do with Ben, but it's just like, that was a really great day as well. And, I, and I'm going to celebrate that in myself. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Thank y'all so much for having me. Pleasure is ours. So how are you doing today? Is this how early you typically wake up? Walk me through just a Saturday in, in Danielle's world. Yeah, you know what? Ironically, I, I'm up very early now. I used to love to just sleep in and then watch Netflix because... That was always my jam, but now I'm like on a, my little lifestyle change. So I'm up getting my little workout in. <laughs> yes. And then like talking with my family either overseas or the ones that are in New York because of the time difference. And then sometimes I'm either teaching actors because um, I still work as an acting coach. <laughs> oh, that's even awesome. though even though I'm like and on you sleep? now. <laughs> I know, literally, I, I still get my little eight hours. I'm in bed by 10. Nice, <laughs> nice. Trying to change it up this year. I'm trying to change it up. Well, technically, I guess you are a ghost, so ghosts don't need sleep, right? So that's, there you go. <laughs> Just he, he thinks he's a comedian. Uh, so that, thank you for, for humoring us, Danielle. Okay, so I feel like we I have like a parasocial relationship with you because I've, yeah. I followed like hashtag book and stuff. And, and I feel like you're a nerd. So are like, are you, a, would you consider yourself a nerd? And I mean this in the most respectful way. Like, are you a nerd? Yeah, without question. I mean, I'm, I'm a theater geek through and through. And right. yeah, that like without without question, like I was looking for my glasses because like literally right now I can't even really see anybody on this Zoom. <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm just I'm just blinking and smiling. I wear I didn't wear regular glasses. I wear bifocals. So it's okay. like, like they're like sexy. Yo, since I was like 10 years old, like I had no chance ever ever <laughs> wow that you know i'm it's it's so funny because 
because of racism um, and our child coming, people all the time are like, aren't you super excited for this baby to have Ben's eyes? And I'm like, Ben can't see shit. Yeah, I can't see shit. I have perfect vision. Oh! Uh, but Damn. but the, yeah, you know, because he has a, a colored eye, if you will. And so oh sometimes my I find myself being like, well, Ben has horrible vision mm-hmm. and I have 20-20 vision. So what are you Period. asking me, friend? You know Period. what I'm saying? That's uh, but that's fun. But I, I, I didn't realize how expensive glasses were until I was in a relationship because I, I don't need them. I never knew what a privilege that was. And so when he was going to get a new prescription every, you know, six to 12 months, I was like, it can't, you can't be changing eyes like that. Right. And he's like, yes, you need an upgrade that consistently. That's real. And like, it depends on like how great you're starting to do in life too. Like before I had income, my lens crafters were like, not stylish at all it was mm-hmm. like a big librarian frame like I literally looked like a character out of Matilda like <laughs> it was not the business <laughs> at all and then there was a point where I was always losing my glasses so when yeah. I was like a teenager my grandmother put that string around it oh, to hang around my friend. neck and I'm like yo like what else can y'all do to me like what, what every teenage boy's fantasy right there it's, it's glasses a- with the string. <laughs> i want my bitch with glasses with the strings on them. like yeah, never in the strings aren't in cosmo like <laughs> never in the land of neverland is jet beauty of the week wearing the glasses with the string like they played me yeah, they played oh, me yeah. well true. walk us since we're there walk us through Paint us a picture of a young Danielle. What what was young Danielle reading? What was she writing in her journal? What was she watching on TV? Give us little Danielle. I'm going to tell you something right now. So first of all, I grew up in my grandmother's house, which, you know, I say just played me as a kid because I never really had like normal childhood experiences. Your favorite show was In the Heat of the Night, right? No, like like literally. like. She and she was also um very very Christian um and so was my mom but my mom was not as Christian as my grandmother so we would be in church all weekend like that was Friday Saturday Sunday yeah. church Same. wow my dad was a pastor so yep church like from eight in the morning to yeah. three in the evening she yeah. was what uh, seven day Adventist she, she actually was she was seven day Adventist she was seven Got day it. Adventist so we were there all day every day and then it would be like these older elderly church ladies at the house coming to pray all day in the week like yeah. wednesday's bible pray study. without ceasing pray without ceasing no like a really great improv character for you like because <laughs> you know it so well yeah, like these toothless Jamaican church ladies, bro. Like, and I was like, can I please just watch Moesha? Like, that's all I really wanted to do. <laughs> like, Moesha was like my favorite show growing up. I would record it, <laughs> like on my little piece of VCR. I'm huge fan of Arthur still to this day. To DW this day. is the queen of queens. Um, I also, I mean, I was a huge fan of like Word Up Magazine because like I'm a East Coaster. So like Word Up Magazine, loved B2K, loved like, oh my gosh, Aaliyah was, Aaliyah literally was a guardian angel (laughs) for me. Like you needed these friends because of like the, the juxtaposition of all of these like hip black girls on the rise. With, with you probably over here speaking in tongues on the weekend. No, literally. I was like, this is these are my patron saints. Like, Aaliyah <laughs> is everything. But little Kim changed my life. I was like, when little Kim had that little um thing on the, the left boob, nipple, I was like, and, So how did you get away with the these two different worlds you were in? If you were always, like, did you, did they say like, Daniel, why don't you get up here and pray? And then you were like, Mo and to the eight. <laughs> That's when Danielle learned how to be an actress. Right, right. <laughs> no, in real time, though. It was not until I got into high school that I started rebelling. I had some, like, church friends who were very rebellious, and we all became really cool. We were also all plus size. <laughs> I don't know. 
I was like, like this is this part is a show. Like we were like this plus size girl group, and I had this one friend that was on South Jersey, and she'd be like, "Girl, we about to go to New York. We should get fake IDs." I was like, "Yeah, I'm about it. Am I? But okay, I think we should just do it. I don't know." I How did you look? Was it like a white girl? <laughs> You're like, no, hey, you black girl, black girl. Yes. She's like, "Girl, we about to go to the club because I heard Little Mo was in concert." Okay, <laughs> like <laughs> I used to be so terrified of everything everything because I'm just terrified of my grandmother's wrath and my mom but like she was she was the hook up my first club yeah. I went with her this is like my church friend first club like first cigarette was Ooh, yeah. with her. like she was such a I needed a friend like that to show me the world because I was like I would have been a mess in college absolutely disastrous. oh my gosh I hope y'all still communicate to this day it, it's so nice to like it's funny when you look back and you decide like, I have to be friends with these people so that that way when we all need each other's clothes, we can <laughs> we can wear each other's clothes. We were the traveling pants for real, traveling plus size pants in real time. <laughs> right, like everybody in the group kind of needs to be around the same size range. Cause like, it, it just wouldn't even make sense if we had like one tiny friend. It's like, I need to be able to wear everybody's stuff and we all need to be able to pass this ID back. So let's just like all <laughs> find each other and look the same. Did, did you, were you ever caught by your grandma? Um, yeah, without question. Uh, the thing is, when I was a teenager, I had an attitude problem. So I was like Guilty. really, really good in elementary school, really thriving in middle school, top of the class. And then when I went to this private school and I saw how these kids were acting and I was like, oh, well, I didn't know that was an option for me. And it was never. <laughs> It was never an option, but I used to be trying and like rolling my eyes and my grandma was like, what's happening there? <laughs> so she just she, like exercise you and holy oil? No, she actually sent me to Jamaica for a summer. Oh, yeah. Was that yeah. like, cause that sounds like a fantasy in, in everybody's mind. It's like, weren't you just <laughs> drinking out of coconuts and eating festival all weekend? They're like, I wasn't in the, I wasn't in the tourist area. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I was with family and, um, you know, it's a, you know, very rural part of the the island. And it was actually during a time when like electricity was gone at like 7 PM and like, we would have to go down to the river, boil the water for a bath wow. and like there are no windows. So like lizards and er everything was in the bed with you. Like you could wake up with a lizard right next to you, but it was <laughs> a beautiful experience for me as a kid because I realized how much privilege I had in the States and being like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, this is what my family is coming from. Do you know what I mean? And like, I need to stop acting up because they came here and into America and it was so hard for them to like, try, you know what I mean? To try to live this American dream. And I'm a direct, you know, like a descendant of that. Right. You know, I was born yeah. in this country. So I was like, let me stop cutting up. <laughs> let me just get my stuff together so I can start making my family proud. And it really was a big turning point um, in my life. Cause I was like, okay, all right. All right, Danielle, chill out, chill out, chill out. <laughs> oh, I hear that. So, I mean, I used to, I think every teenage girl just fights with their mother, fights with their grandmothers. And I remember when I found out I was having a girl, I called my mom and she was like, oh, I can't wait for y'all to just be cussing each other out when she's a teenager. I was like, really? That's all, that's all you have to say to me? She's like, no, you're. It, it's going to happen. Just wait for you. I was like, well, no, because I'm going to be a cool mom, whatever. She was yeah. like, sure. Yeah, you can, you can stop the cycle. Yeah, she, she was like legit plotting. She's like, I, I might just start the argument just to sit back oh, and watch y'all fight because i because this is the best karma ever <laughs> I I that, right? yeah you sure did but you're gonna I do fine it. because she's been you know we're gonna go to a family therapy and you've been working through your you know yes. your your trauma yes and haven't we all your your yeah. adult it's still gonna be hard you know parenting is yeah. still like even when you've read every book and every therapy session this kid is still going to throw you a curveball, but we're yeah. excited. Oh my gosh, y'all are going to be the best parents ever. Are you kidding? Best parents we'll ever. See. We'll see. <laughs> we're going to we're going to try our best. Yes. Um, but 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 back to you. Let's let's get into some acting. Sorry, Ben. I'm 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 just no, I'm fangirling here. Fangirl away. Um so how do we make this transition from, you know, 
having this hard but humbling summer in Jamaica <laughs> to this like going from like bad girls club to theater and temple and then eventually yeah. the UK like talk us through when you knew you wanted to be an actor and and started going after that yeah absolutely so my mom is a she was a single mom and I needed an after school activity because she worked late <laughs> correct so she was like why don't you do theater and um Thank, uh, Mrs. Morrow at Saddle River Day School was like, yeah, we'll take her. Uh, and that's <laughs> really how I got into theater. I was really thrown into it. Um, but I loved it. And it was the first time that I felt like I could express myself. And uh, I was such a shy kid coming up. And um, I, I just, I gripped onto it. And also it was like the best thing that I could do. Like I was horrific at chemistry, horrific at like all these other things. And I was like, but I could act, okay. And I remember telling my mom and being like, this is what I want to major in in college. And she was like, there's no way. <laughs> She's like, this is oh. a fun little thing for me to do, for you to do um, while I'm at work. And I was like, I'm going to major in this. So she was like, as a Jamaican mom, she was like, okay, well, you have to have a minor in pre-law or political science. And that's exactly what I ended up doing at Temple University. And my second year that I was there, we got this show called In Conflict and I had auditioned, booked it. And um, on our final night of the performance, uh, Broadway producer came and was like, y'all are going to Broadway. And we were like, wait, is this a joke? Is this how things actually happen? And they took us out of school for my entire junior year and we toured um, to Scotland at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. <laughs> and we did stuff at the Long Wharf in Connecticut. And then we were off Broadway um, at the Barrel Street Theater and um, New York Times raved about the show. And then we were then plucked back in to college for my senior year and it was just to get all of that professional experience in the middle of, of my training ground. Um, and that was what solidified the fact that I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yes. That was, was that enough to convince school. your mom? Like, it's like, yeah, mom, look, like, oh, Cause you know, black parents <laughs> would be like, call me when you're Halle Berry. Okay. <laughs> exactly. No, but for her, she was like, okay, you're getting paid. Great. You know, like Great. as long as you can come off my health insurance, that's fantastic. So she just was like really <laughs> hyped um, that I was like getting a paid job in the middle of my college years. And then I went to grad school overseas uh, at the Royal Birmingham Conservatoire. Sounds way fancier than it was. Um, lots of cobblestones. <laughs> we love the cobblestones. Yeah, we lots heard that. Like, you saw like a knife fight or something, yeah. like your first day. Yes, please tell our listeners about this knife fight. <laughs> so my first day of school, I was moving in. I called it the Beauty and the Beast Mansion. It was literally like real world meets big brother this place that we were staying in and uh as i was like loading all my luggage in these two people just start cursing each other out on the street and i was like okay i don't know what they're saying because <laughs> it was like yelling. british slang it's yeah, like i was like yo i was like they're yelling i'm kind of turned on but they're cussing each other out what's happening no, i was like i don't know what's going on but it doesn't sound right and then they started pulling out knives and we were like wait wait and my mom got in the middle of the knife fight and was like jesus loves everybody and then i think they were just so weirded out by her bravery and her weirdness that they just stopped and they were like, okay. Wow. And then they just stopped the fight. And she was like, I am Joan of Arc. Like, and I was like, all right, mom, come on. Let's <laughs> so where can we find this footage? Uh, yeah, with the internet. No, no footage. Thank God. Was nobody like, this is too good. <laughs> Not at that time. I think we all still had Nokia flip phone. <laughs> I mean, oh, I guess man. that's still a step down in Chicago because people pull out guns here. So I don't know. I don't yes. know. <laughs> This all happened pre-Chicago, right? This, yeah, this was pre-Chicago. This was okay. pre-Chicago. Was this in London? This, no, no, this is in Birmingham, which is about like 90 minutes away from London. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like when I was growing up, I actually grew up in, I spent a lot of my growing up in Boston, in Dorchester in the 90s. And then I moved mm. to New Jersey and like, I've been around gunshots like going to West Indian Day Parade and them shooting out the parade and things like that so this is just something that that was something that I was like used to growing up like 
at the end right. of a big reggae concert. Guns, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, my, and I just have memories of my mom like laying over me. Like, she's like, just stay still. I'm like, is this what all concerts are? Like, right. what's going on? So, like, it's like, we're, we're going out tonight. We might die. But if we don't no, die, it's like, going to be the best concert ever. Yo, the 90s were wild. Like, you could be in the... I remember my mom talking about she was in a club and then the club got... You know what I mean? Like, people beefing. And I'm like, yo, 90s were real. They were real. They were real. So, like, being in this night fight with my mom, I was just like, oh, my God, this just feels like so us that we would be... (laughs) Like, in my brain, it's like, oh, shit, we got Slytherin versus Hufflepuff out here on the street. I I, I don't even know what I would have done if I would have... Like got into like, like what's happening? Fancy Britain, and then saw a knife. I'm like, see, they just as civilized as our asses. Like, no, that's like the that's same the thing. thing you yes. Don't let that. Don't let the accents fool you. Don't let the Listen. accents fool you. But we had. I, I my graduate school experience was phenomenal. I had the time of my life while I was in school, and um, I loved my experience. It was so needed and so necessary. Where in that experience did you? And you know. As somebody who has a whole career and is constantly asked about their husband, uh, where we'll keep it brief about uh, accent coach Jack, but where in this journey did you meet Jack and give us like a, a, a quick, you know, your, your London, yeah. your, your UK. Yeah, no, absolutely. So Jack and I, we met actually, um, I think maybe the second or third week of school. Uh, there was a party that was going on. He wasn't even attending the program yet. And uh, <laughs> I was looking for a roommate because we had this like big castle of an apartment that we all lived in. And this one girl, she was supposed to live with us, but her visa got denied and the landlord wanted to rake, like, uh, rake up the rent. So we were just like, nope, not we, I can't afford extra pounds. Literally, I was like, these, yeah. these, these sterlings, this is different. This is different. And it's more US dollars. So we went to this party trying to scout like, another roommate and I saw him and I was like, Hey, you know, do you want to, you know, live with us? And, uh, he was like, yeah, sure. No recollection of that conversation. <laughs> no, like, no, <laughs> like was just so taken aback by you. He was probably like, I don't, I don't even need a place to live. I just want to be with her. So like, no, let me, like, let me I, have my no, spot. I have no recollection. And then like three <laughs> weeks later, he's like coming, walking down in a cow onesie and while I'm eating some Weetabix and I was like, who is that? And I thought we had like an intruder because this is how bad my memory is. I had no clue who he was. So thank God my, I went to grad school with one of my best friends in the whole wide world. His name is Von Dexter Montague. And I don't know how we ended up in college and graduate school together. <laughs> but I was like, Vaughn, there's a strange white man. Yes, you can shoot a text. You're like, is someone like, like, who is this? Yeah, I was like, there's a very strange white man in the apartment, and he's like, oh yeah, that's Jack. We just went to the market. We just went, and I was like, oh, so you already, y'all already kikied, so great. Um, and that's how we met, and he was, you know, not the most charming person when I first (laughs) met him. Jack is a really serious. I mean, especially at that time, I've glowed him up. Be clear, but like. He was nerding out. Like, it was like, I'm a nerd, but he was uncomfortably nerdy. Yeah, I can't relate to that at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love him so much, but I was like, okay. What's something nerdy that he was like? What what was he? What what was that nerd game he was spitting to you? You know, the the comic book collection was serious. Um, I would also. <laughs> just nothing turns I, you on like a comic book. I'm like, you know, the, oh, com- the comic book collection was serious. Um, he has a lot of little collect, like collection things, like Batman just- figurines or like, yeah, or like, like, yeah, like figurine. And I was just like, yo, this is really intense because it's like I've been like, I've been with like really popular, like really dope guys like you know what i mean my yeah, whole yeah. like no, they're like, now they're too swaggy swag. for the collection right 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 like we're they like heavy, but it ain't happening for everybody to see yeah and i was like this is different <laughs> this, this is, is you well cause, so is I he a doctor way. sorry is he a doctor who fan does he yes. like that okay okay um, I, I, I do have to ask about the show because Ghost is a remake and I have met British people who are very like pretentious when it comes to American remakes. Yeah. 
of British shows. Mm. So is he, how does he, <laughs> I know this could be a, a controversial question, but how does he like the emerge the American version of Ghost compared? He loves it. He okay. loves it. And so does his whole family. I mean, that's the beautiful thing of like him. It's like whatever I'm in, he sports, even if it's a mess. Not I'm saying that Ghost you. is the best, but like it has been such an incredible journey working on this show and like having his support. And he came up to Montreal with me while we were shooting. We were there for seven months. And um, it's this opportunity has been like the greatest moment of my entire life being on this series. And everybody, everybody from crew to cast to the execs to the showrunners are just so pleasant to work with and so fun. And the cast, it's like, we genuinely that's us genuinely for real when y'all are watching the show like we genuinely love each other and i wish that people could see the bloopers because we are always cutting up like every take so it's just it's been such a blast and shout out to the uk version because we would not exist without them so i'm so <laughs> grateful um that that show exists so that i can now be a part of something really special too Oh, I love that. We're going to take a quick little break and um, we're going to talk more about ghosts when we return. Okay. Before we continue with the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves, to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible, and it focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work toward your goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons that help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom weight users finished the program and more than 60% of users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash believe. Okay, we're back. Let's get into, before we even jump into how incredible Ghost is, because, I mean, we are laughing, and then every now and then I'm like, wait, am uh, Why crying? am I crying? Oh, you oh, have me crying. Oh, my God. Uh, before we do that, I want to talk wait, about- Wait, sorry, I have a very serious question. I'm so sorry to interrupt. Damn! I, I'm so sorry. I just need to know, does anybody really have a tattoo of your face on their back? No. Is that, does anybody <laughs> know any? Okay, so we were actually talking, uh, well, I may be weird, but we might be, we might get matching tattoos of your face. Is that, is that okay? Oh, oh wait, wait, what happened? <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to say of each other. I was like, yeah, go off. Go of off. you, of you. No, I know. Danielle, can I'm we get a picture of you on our, okay, I'm sorry. That's, Danielle, I, what would I look like with a picture of, a, a portrait of a white man on my back? <laughs> yo, we can get yo. your face. Yo, I was like, I don't judge. Listen, live y'all lives. Y'all crazy as fuck. But <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm sorry. Go back to your. No, I just I it's just an itching question. I was like, <laughs> it was a really great tattoo. For those who have not watched the show yet, there's a wonderful man, a beautiful, wonderful fan of uh, Daniel's uh, character. Alberta and uh, he has a picture of her on his back and he's just the best he's just a very kind of spoiled it sorry I'm sorry I, we're, try, we're trying not to spoil anything but uh I just needed to know sorry Danielle okay. yes. <laughs> I just want to know because you know as as a struggling artiste myself let's talk about the life cycle of this role um because yeah. I know like even hashtag book was created because like Hollywood be on some bullshit sometimes and so or acting in general so when did you get this call of like your agents like hey I got a role for you maybe maybe not like like talk us through all of that to now having this incredible ghost family 
Yeah, well, um, funny enough, there were two re uh, iterations of this show. So it was there was a pre-pandemic version of Ghost where they had their whole cast already. <laughs> and oh. then there was the pandemic version of Ghost. And I actually came in and Ramon and uh, Sheila, we were all replacements. <laughs> Oh my. So, yes. so there's somebody salty as fuck out there right now being like, wow, that could have been me up there. No. And that's the thing. I I've talked to her and she is so freaking supportive. Oh, like one of the dopest black women just are just everything. Right. right. You know, okay, I just want to make sure and, she wasn't crying on the working. bathroom floor somewhere being no. like, I'm happy for you. No, no, she's happy. working. We're happy. She's great, working. Great, great, great. I, I don't think I can mention who it is, but She's working in a major, like in a major way. So I'll be my books. Go off, sis. Um, but yeah, the call happened in November, and my agent was like, "Hey, there's a show. It's based off of a UK version. Take a watch of it. I think this is something that you've been kind of asking for for the last couple of years." It's so this weird. was November of the pandemic year, because this, yeah, is, this like is all 2020, all 2020. All 2020. In the middle of the, like literally in the thick of pandemic, pre-vaccines, no conversation about vaccines or anything like that. So I said, okay, you know, yeah, this, it was like my first audition that I'd had in the pandemic. <laughs> so I was right. like, let me just put it on tape, I guess. Cause I'd been literally sitting in my apartment making bread like the rest of the world and mm, like sourdough. watching TVs, sourdough and renovating my little apartment 20 times over. And I was like, okay, yeah, acting. What is this again? Do I remember? Let me put something on tape. And I just remember having so much fun. And I told, I borrowed my mom's little shake and go wig. Yes, yes. I was I like, did you have the Alberta wig or you, you borrowed a wig? Okay. I borrowed my mom's shake and go wig. I had my 30th birthday dress on that had all these sparkles and I had found some fur and a little red hat that I had used when I was like in major Barbara in Chicago. And I was like, this is just going to be the outfit. This is it. And I put it on tape. My agent was like, wow, this is like the best tape that you've sent in. Like no shade. We love all your tapes, but this is really funny. And yes. I was like, okay, cool. Oh, we love that feedback. And then I just forgot about it. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, well, you know, hopefully more auditions will come. But I was secretly praying, like, I hope they call me back. Because I was like, I really love this. Yes, we like, like cross our fingers on one. But we're like, but it's cool if I don't get it. It's like, but I, I know I fucked that audition up. So I was good. like, I pray. I really was praying. And then like the next day, my agent called and said, hey, they're going to screen test you. I said, wait, there's not, we're not even going to go to callbacks no callback okay so i was like we can just go straight to the screen test so they said it's gonna be on zoom i've never done a test on zoom before so i said well hold on now how does <laughs> how is can this non-actor audience through uh what what a screen test is and how how you yeah. track because this is like <laughs> you were you were put on like from, from zero to screen test yes because we were like wait a minute so um usually what happens when you do an audition hopefully you will get a call back and that's when you know the casting directors are in the room maybe a producer or two and then something sometimes after the callback they will have either a producer session or a director session. Mm -hmm. And that's when like all the producers are in the room. Some of them are shadily watching you from somewhere virtually. And then you like do camera again. off. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. You'll do the scenes again. Sometimes they give you adjustments to the scenes. There'll be brand new scenes that they want to see you do. And then sometimes the next step after that is a chemistry <laughs> test. So mm. they'll be like, they'll have another actor come in or the lead of the series will come and read. And then the producers and the directors, they want to see how y'all act together. And then the last step of that is a screen test. So that's yes. everybody at the studio. That is everybody at the network, all producers, all directors, the writers, everybody's there. And sometimes, I mean, like pre-pandemic, it could be like a hundred people in the room. You know what I mean? Like it could just be a hundred suits in a room, two cameras. One camera is like CBS New York. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those yes. are the people that are watching there. And then like, like don't even look over there because they're like, you know who this is, right? Don't tell me. Just let me yeah, let me like, let me do my job. It was just like for me, I, my anxiety used to be on 10 million because I was like, oh God, it's so much pressure to do well. And I'd gone through so many screen tests in my career just waiting 
for like a job like this, but to be fast tracked from a self tape <laughs> to a screen test for me <laughs> was unheard of. I've never experienced anything like that in my life. So I did the screen test in my kitchen. <laughs> Which is like so weird. really nice though and like grounding to be like I'm barefoot in my kitchen. I got no literally just like chilling and like Jack was like behind the camera like this and I'm like please go away. <laughs> I was like, please go away. We love Jack. <laughs> and then they were um they were like, Yeah, we think we got it. Thank you so much. And then they called back again and they said, Well, can we test her and can she do one without the red hat? Wow. I said, wait, wait, wait. So y'all want me to do another audition without the hat? They're like, yeah, we just want to get one take. The same thing, but they're no like, hat. somebody was like, that hat is so bad. I can't even hear what she's saying. So why yeah, don't they, we take that? Amber has said that to me before about certain things. Like I'll like, wear like a graphic tee or like, she's like, you can't wear, you can't do that. I can't take you seriously. <laughs> so. I was like so shook. And I was like, damn it, I should never have worn this damn hat. So then they tested me on a Friday and it was the same day as, oh gosh, this was like the craziest industry day I've ever had in my life. It was the same day as my pitch with um, my very dear friend, Poonam Patel. We were pitching an animated series called Unmentionables to Taraji P. Henson. And it was the first day that we were like our first time meeting her, first time pitching to her. And like the audition for Ghost and the pitch were at the same time at one o'clock. So you're like, so this is either gonna be a really good day or a horrible day. Because <laughs> my manager was like, we're just gonna pray that it's not at one. We're just gonna pray it's not at one. And then and both of them were like, can she do one? And we were like, no. So thank God the people at Ghost, they were like, you know what, we'll be able, Taraji, that's amazing. Let's, we'll push ourselves back a couple yes. hours. So I was able to do I was like, who got bumped? literally okay. and my my agent was like you may lose this job because they may not have the availability but you know we're just gonna hope for the best and thank goodness they did i took that daggone hat off and i was so rattled <laughs> from my like i was like oh my god i just met taraji b henson that like my energy in that audition that second test was so like because ah! <laughs> i was so excited and um, they, and I had like, I remember flubbing a line on one of the sides and they were like, okay, yeah, we think we got it. And I've never had the confidence to do anything like this. And I was like, do y'all really, y'all really got it? Right. Y'all really know that's, that's that probably what got you the job. Like just, just treating them like, okay, one-on-one, did y'all actually get the shot? Like those like, are the little things that they're like, we want to work with her. We don't actually I couldn't care believe it. Her. I think I was just confident because I was in my own, my that's living awesome. room. You know, and I could just be like, y'all didn't get that. <laughs> let's do it again. And they were like, okay, yeah, sure. So on your, let's go back to the first take. So when you're, and then we just started working. And then it was just like, oh, okay, get you, got you. Can I improv? Am I allowed to do that? And I improv every single oh, yeah. oh, every, yeah. every take. And they were just like, great. I think we got it. And I was like, okay, cool. And then the weekend came, I was meeting with Lanisa. Um, it was right the weekend right before Thanksgiving. We were doing a hashtag book meeting to figure out like what we're gonna post and all that stuff. And I had her on Zoom and my manager called, he said, oh, I'm outside. And I was like, okay, is he bringing a residual? What's going on? Right. And he had these little champagne right, chocolates. Your blinds. And we were so far from, cause it was like before the pandemic, he was like all the way to the bottom of the steps and had these little champagne chocolates on the top. And he was like, you booked it. And I was like, what? <laughs> I couldn't even oh believe it. And he was like, we've been working for this for the last six years. And I just, I'm about to cry. Like he was bawling in the mask and we couldn't even hug each other. Like, I just was like, yo, it was insane. And then I came back in and Lenisa was like, you took, you taking all along. Where were you at? And I was like, girl, I booked it. She was like, <gasps> and then we, we actually have a video recording recording up oh. when I booked it and when she saw because we were we were recording for our hashtag book meeting and like it has been literally that amazing I mean this job is a life goal you know like I've always wanted to play and I feel like a lot of times as a plus size black woman like I never get the opportunity to have fun in this way it's usually like oh we just want you to play you know the receptionist and answer a call or be this but it's 
she is so messy. You know what I mean? Alberta's yeah. character is so messy and she's so fun and at times can be poignant. Po she's possibly a murderer, possibly new Al Capone. <laughs> like it's just, it's a, she's so full of herself and full of life. It's like a dream role, truly. It's so interesting that um, because Alberta is sort of used to dating like boys with a little bit more swag, like you, right? And then, and then, and then, not to give spoilers, but it's baby learning to grow. And and so we're we're one of the things that I really like about this show is that the growth of characters, and you see Alberta yes. grow. And um, I've seen like I don't, I haven't really seen that in a lot of TV shows, but it yeah. reminds me a lot of The Good Place in that sense um the right it, and yeah which is one of my favorite tv shows i don't think i've i cried a lot at the good place and i cry a lot at ghost so i i tell people so like um how do you see this show as far as like alberta's growth and future seasons which um by the way congratulations renewed Thanks. for season two um uh so yeah yeah talk to us about alberta's growth and and where where you see that heading yeah, well, well, definitely in season one, I think all of the ghosts were a little apprehensive of Sam and Jay moving in. You know, it's like, oh gosh, what are they about to do? We already have our thing going. They got to come in and throw a wrench in it. But then I think the thing that's so beautiful and so well-crafted by our executive producers and all the writers, uh, Joe Ford and Joe Wiseman and every single writer is that with each of these episodes, we get to see a glimpse of who these people were before, mm -hmm. you know, when they were alive, when they were living. And even if it's not a full flashback episode, like Pete's wife, you know, we get to see the wife actually Ooh. come in and we're like, oh my gosh. And then the little baby, you know what I mean? I don't want to get too many spoilers, but like yes. we get these glimpses at like how incredible or how, you know, weird <laughs> some of these folks were when they were alive and when they were living. And like, I love that Sam and Jay, they get to kind of like explore more of that, you know, with each one individually. And I think we're for Alberta's fans specifically, like the whole season we've been like, was this woman murdered or not? What happened? And this is like, this is something she's been living with for the last hundred plus years of like, how did I die? It can't mm -hmm. be, you know what I mean? It can't ever be like, you know, something boring. It wasn't a heart attack. It wasn't anything dumb. Y'all are gaslighting me. I right. know in my spirit, something happened. And to get a little bit of a clue in that episode is just so great. And I'm excited for season two. The Joes, I know they're already working on that flashback. I was like, because whenever that flashback is, it has to be fabulous. We got to be in the Harlem Renaissance. Uh, I was like, I want Alberta out here singing with Al Capone, trying to get her. Like, I was like, let's see how dangerous and how dope this woman was. So I can't wait for the stories that they have in store for season two. It is going to be a thrill, truly. <laughs> Uh, for for our listeners, just a, a quick premise of the show Ghost is that you have um, uh, Sam and Jay, uh, this couple who've inherited this house that is haunted by these ghosts, and about I think five percent. There, there's very specific world building things in the show that I I find absolutely amazing. Um, five percent of people don't go on to the uh, afterlife. Uh, instead, they either get um, sucked off or. Uh, <laughs> Or they go they, down. They get got that gone they, down. They on. get down. They go gone <laughs> down on. Um, and so uh, one of the um, Sam gets a clonk on the head and is now able to see these ghosts that are haunting this mansion. It, it just goes off from there. And um, Alberta's character. How would you describe your your character? Like just uh, just as far as like um, presentation and like yeah. where she's from and all and all that for yeah, for you. No. Alberta is a hot mess with a heart of gold without question. She's, <laughs> she's brassy. She is so full of herself, so over the top, but also has a ton of heart. I mean, I think yeah. the beautiful thing is like a lot of times when uh, people write black characters like this, that's all we're seeing. You know what I mean? We're only seeing the brass. We're only seeing the over the topness, but like she may have a love interest and for her to now consider what that world would be like for her she's starting to question love in her afterlife like there are moments in the show where she's so pointed where she talks about the importance of voting to hetty this victorian age woman and she's like look sis like 
I didn't get the option, you know, because I was black. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they very really like Alberta's like, uh, you know, racism. Yeah, right. Oh, racism. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she's like, yo, 1920s, they were fabulous, but they were also like filled with really, really rough times, you know, for people that look like me. So I just love that they, you know, she's just, they've given her such a great life and inner life. And I'm, I'm so hyped to get into this next season. I can't wait. <laughs> I was thinking that, um, before even talking with you about like how many black people as ghosts that I've we've even seen represented, um, like not even in comedy, just like horror yeah. alone. And there's not really that many. Like I was yeah. like, oh well, maybe like touched by an angel was she kind of a ghost? Like I was yeah. really trying to like count in my head, um, because that's just not a world we get to be a part of. So yes. I would love to hear like. Like you get to play a black supernatural character who is like funny and is a singer. And and what does that just mean? I don't know, for for the little Danielle who had to be praying without ceasing on the weekends and things like that. No, you know, it's so funny. It's like I see Alberta as a hidden figure, right? Yeah. Because there were so many people in the 1920s and you know, in just be and beyond that we don't know about a because social media wasn't a thing and communication worked differently back then but like they deserve their you know come on business you know what i mean they deserve to be seen and they deserve to be heard and i think about like who were the other langston hughes of the time mm -hmm. you know what i mean who were the other billy holidays that we that may not have gotten famous but they were struggling you know what i mean to like get mm -hmm. their chance who were the who was the other ma rainey like who was ma rainey competing against you know right. when she was first coming up and i see alberta in in these um in that way you know what i mean i see like i'm like really channeling our ancestors in this you know what i mean in this in this role and i wanted to do her justice like i went to dance classes I'm not a great singer like Amber, so I started doing singing okay. classes. Okay, pause, pause, pause. So one, I, I that shocked I, me. By the way, when Amber said that you weren't a singer, I was like, no. wait, what? I, and I didn't well, say you it. Said, I, I you heard said it, and I was you, like, oh, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. this is. So you do not sing at all. No, I don't sing. I did That's like high school musicals me. when I was like in high school, but like, I don't sing. <laughs> did you sing in the church? I, I, no, like no. Well, couldn't wow. hold a harmony for nothing. Couldn't hold harmony for anything in charge to the point where they're like drama ministry <laughs> so now i was in here like giving like praise dancing with my little mask and stuff yeah no no can't do so it. when so when they call for this role even did you and, and i i also am I, I don't consider myself a singer i grew up in the church so it's like i can give you a like if you need yeah. me to the notes i can harmonize with you but like i've only had a pocket full of voice lessons like a month before I knew a, an audition was coming up. Yeah. Didn't get any of those. And so to hear you say, like, I don't sing and I literally play a singing ghost on this show. <laughs> like, was that a little bit nerve wracking going into the audition? Oh, without question. But the other thing is like in the audition, I was so comfortable in my kitchen that I actually sang in the second take. Like there was a line that I just decided to sing. And I don't even like know where that came from. And then that was enough for them to be like, great, she can sing. And I was like, no, y'all, no, wait, I don't, I don't sing. <laughs> I'm just being smart. So like, even in that moment of like, um, when she's like, cause I'm famous, when she does that, cause I'm famous in uh, Alberta's fan and she starts to sing, that was all improv. Do you know what I mean? Wow. Like they just let me improvise that entire, last moment like it was that line was written but I was like I'm just gonna sing it and just see what happens and then everything after that from like Billie Holiday who my rainy where oh my god Todd, you yes. freaky bastard all of that is improvised so and I just I was grateful that they kept it in because sometimes they don't but I was like okay yes I got my little stuff my little stuff in but yeah oh, I've had to do a lot that. of prep for this character a lot of prep a lot of dramaturgy but Again, I'm a theater nerd, so that's like I live in dramaturgy. I love it. <laughs> right, and you also probably have been around so many theater kids who just walk around singing anyway. Even to, all to, the time. to the annoyance of it all, you're like, "All right, we get it. You can all see. the time. <laughs> we Brandon, get it. You know, all of six. We know." <laughs> uh, Brandon Scott Jones, who plays the Revolutionary War Ghost, is a theater nerd too, and 
that's just something we do on set all the time. Like he'll say coffee and then we're just like, the coffee cup, I think about you. And then we're, we're like, we just go to Broadway musicals and like, we just, will, we're always singing on backstage. It's so fun working with him. I love um, your, your uh, so Isaac, right? The character. Yes. Yeah, Isaac, the character. And he, um he really has it in for you. I mean, he has it in for a lot of people, but like uh, when when you were running against each other, you know, voting, but also uh, he was just enjoying like your suffering. Like there's, I feel like Isaac and you have this, uh, Isaac and Alberta's character has this beef. And um, yes. I'm, I'm curious like where that's gonna go. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> but they're also like the other as as toxic as they are to each other because be clear like alberta is just she she goes head to head as well they also have like uh, a common understanding when it comes to scheming um uh, mm -hmm. because especially in like flowers episode they really kind of they come together and they're like oh we're gonna find out the secret what are we gonna do so like i i'm so excited to explore more moments of that um, and because we've been calling that pony and bangs because he got that little that little ponytail <laughs> and I was like, yes, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That little Philly bag. It's, so, it's blunt too. It I love that bag. That That's a blunt set, honey. <laughs> it is. Like, come on, Anna Wintour. <laughs> Not a hair is out of place on that wig. Literally, shout out to Rachel Salmon, the black hairstylist who is thebomb.com. I love her so much. But yeah, I'm so excited to experience more moments with Brandon. I love working with him. Like all everybody though, like every single person is a dream. Like Richie Moriarty, unreal. Like to know that that's going to be my romantic interest for the next season, couple of seasons if we get that, like a dream. Do you know what I mean? Sheila Carrasco who plays Flower, watching this woman work like she is a character actor through and through and when that when they say action seeing her become masterclass you know rebecca wasaki mm. like hetty is there's every line that comes out of rebecca's mouth is like earth shattering like this woman is a icon like ramon you know what i mean who is the sapis and devin and like so many rose rose and ukarsh and just uh, and Asher, like, I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anybody. Oh, nope, I got, I think I got everybody. Like, they it's all truly are ensemble. brilliant. They could probably <laughs> release, like, just all of your bloopers, all of your improv, oh and God. that, that would be do a whole just episode. as well. That, yeah. that would do just as well as well, all of the episodes. Amber was showing me some of your TikToks, like, that you should do on set and stuff like that. Um, I, I love that. Like you can tell it transfers that you're having fun and like, um, yeah. it, and I know that you went to second city and you, you do improv and like the improv that I've seen, like when people are having fun and laughing at themselves, that's like what makes the beauty uh, for me of this show and like really great improv. And it's so, yeah. and it's, it comes out so well. Um, so it's just like, and I'm not to dig excited. at second city cause we're here in Chicago, but just like you, you've been through it like Second City could really feel sometimes as somebody who's also sort of been you know I'm I am a um listeners I am like a, a less successful version than Danielle but I'm, I'm I'm like seven years behind her in this journey I was like okay you did Bob Curry and now I slowly got into Bob Curry and then couldn't finish because of the pandemic so I you, you are such a mentor for me but um I, I found myself in those spaces being like, oh, this is not fun. I'm nervous. Yeah. I, I can't be do my best work. I'm just understudying. So I'm being told like, make the choices the other girl made. We just want you to do this. And so yeah. I, you, you're, you're, it's so hopeful watching you with that journey. Cause I'm kind of like, maybe in a couple of years, I'll get a role that I can just improvise and not be like, told yeah. to, to calm down in, maybe you know? this year we're not gonna say a couple years maybe this year it's gonna happen yeah well That's you know that whole manifest. baby thing is yeah. cramping my style a little bit That's why I bring the baby right on set are you kidding <laughs> right, right. <laughs> speaking of second city and alberta's relationship with al capone have you been to the green mill here in chicago oh yes you probably performed so, so has that do you like do, has, has that been helpful like with your sort of like character building like i don't you know, know. i'm, I'm gonna tell reach? you that al capone stuff they were two lines that they just wrote 
in in different episodes. And then the fans on Twitter were like, boom, we need to see Al Capone flashbacks. And I was like, wait, hold on. And it's so weird how that whole thing got extrapolated. Like, it was literally like, oh, gosh, you know, that man was clingy or something. And then she said something about him in a later episode. And people were like, we want the flashback where we see Al Capone. And those, it's like, you never know what's going to (laughs) hit. You know what I mean? Like, because she has so many other weird stories about like oh we were on a horse and we got you know what i mean like it's like alberta what are you what's going on sis like (laughs) and people really love that al capone so we'll see you know what i mean i mean and you have the experience you've literally been in a space where al capone used to hang out so you you could bring that in i don't know (laughs) speaking of which are you ever coming back to chicago i'm i'm i I always i'm hopeful because because are you in canada right now no i'm in los angeles right now yeah you're in la right now okay Cause so you've been, Chicago. you've done Boston, Jamaica, UK, yes. LA. You have you you've been in Canada, right? I'm not way off. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was in Mon- we were in Montreal shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you're back in LA. Back in LA. Back. Okay, in LA. so when are you coming back to Chicago? I would love to come back to Chicago. I miss it. I miss it so much. I um I like LA. I I've never been like a huge fan of Los Angeles, but I knew I had to come here to work. Um, I'm, I say like, I was born and raised in Boston, but like my teenage years were in New Jersey. So, um, I'm an East coaster through and through, like, I really am (laughs) like when you're in LA, you're like, yeah, this is cool, you know, but like, Mm -hmm. I'm excited for the opportunities that I've been, I've gotten while I, while being here. And, uh, but I love Chicago. There's nothing like Chicago ever and the talent in chicago is unmatched there's no no um city in america that's more talented hands down i mean i i i miss alicia beasley all the time and i'm just like how how are we in the same like yeah I, i'm so fortunate to go get to see you be Lori lightfoot like this is unreal unmatched. I, so, so Danielle, from you, from one act Sorry. to another, do I need to move to LA? Like, this isn't a thing, right? Because I, 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 I get that pinch all the time, and people are like, "Well, it just happens. It hasn't happened because you're not in LA." And I'm like, I just feel like I can stay here in Chicago. But you're gonna give me. You're you. You're always honest with me. Yes, I would say when you feel like the time is right, move. But don't move here unless you have representation. Um, you have a solid budget because everything here is double than it is in Chicago. Right. Um, <laughs> and then I also to have like some casting directors that are some fans, fan fans of both of yours would be great as well too. So then at least you're not like here just chilling for the first year. Like, you know, that you're going to be doing some projects, but I, I, a great agent, a great manager. When I first got out here, I had an agent and manager and I was able to work immediately. Right. Um, so, so like secure that, that before packing boxes. Exactly. And Loud because and y'all are so amazing on social media and you have so many like venture, you know, business ventures, like you have podcasts, you have everything that's happening on TikTok and Instagram, your, you know, you have the yoga, like all the things like that shouldn't be very hard to find. Y'all are incredible. What y'all have built is unreal do you know what i mean so like you working on it yeah yeah y'all are y'all are making it building an empire we see you and we celebrate Uh, y'all for real well as we wrap up what what is what's next in the world of danielle pinnell all right tell us about unmentionables as well i'm i'm curious about your your uh animation project yeah absolutely so um right now we are working to pitch unmentionables to raji p henson and anthony hemingway uh productions are eping the project which is so dope i get to work on it with a dear friend of mine from second city punan patel and um it's a series it's basically toy story in a millennial's underwear drawer <laughs> this so is amazing yeah we have you know granny panty we got the the annoying ass girdle like all these people are characters and we're and more like, fantastical elements we could cover now. this on the show we absolutely <laughs> could <laughs> we're having the time of our lives working on that so we're about to pitch that soon Lanisa and I are working on our pitch for hashtag booked to develop it into a tv show fingers and toes and oh my gosh this is so exciting (laughs) where what if if they don't green light it where is the kickstarter just (laughs) I know I know we'll we'll green light it 
fingers and toes and everything crossed. But y'all, I'm not even gonna hold, lie. Like this hiatus, I also want to like travel. <laughs> I like. I really need like the. I, I'm taking the time to rest. Get myself ready for season two, health wise. Like I want to come back better than ever. So that's 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 what's next. <laughs> that's what's oh, happening. I love that. Oh, and then go back to that farm in Jamaica, and you're like, y'all did this for me. Yes, for <laughs> y'all real, made though. me lose my attitude and grind. I no, appreciate for real, for, for in real time, in real time. Shout out to Jamaica. <laughs> Shout out to Jamaica. I mean, you're that person that's gonna win the Oscar. Be like, okay, real quick. Jamaica, Jersey, Boston, uh, <laughs> literally, Quebec, literally, Montreal, <laughs> LA, Chicago, right? Uh, no, and I want to thank Tina, Lanisa. Like it's gonna be that's bad. It. That's gonna be it. That's, <laughs> that's it. literally gonna be you. Oh my gosh. Well, Danielle, we have had an incredible time kicking with you. You look incredible. I'm so glad that you that this can happen because I mean, I'm, I'm saying six months from now, I'm sure this, somebody's gonna be like, no, you cannot, you have to talk to these five people to get to Danielle Pinnock. Like that is, a, that is where you're going to be. Like, this is your trajectory. And we just hit me love up. ghosts. <laughs> just hit me we up. I'm always available for y'all. Just hit me um, up. We love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank y'all for listening to another episode of the Sci-Fi Sat. Up next, we'll be joined with Mr. Larry, the TikTok artist and designer to discuss black creativity, cosplay, and Star Trek. And remember, y'all, make sure you put down the phone and pick up a book. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.